Hi there. Welcome to the Life Hack Show. We realize how tough it is to juggle all the ins and outs of daily life. Join me, Allie Kramer, Content Director of Life Hack, as I talk with the top experts in the self-improvement sphere for insight on how to make life more enjoyable, no matter who you are. If you're looking to live your very best life, this podcast is made for you. In today's episode, we'll be talking to Lynette Pottle about her work with aspiring and accomplished women entrepreneurs. Lynette is the founder of Positivity Lady, where she helps entrepreneur women increase their impact and grow their bottom line without sacrificing their personal well-being in the process. Welcome, Lynette. Thank you for joining us today. Hey, Allie. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for the invitation. Definitely. Yeah, we're really excited about this topic today. You have some very inspiring info out there for entrepreneurs. And um, I guess I just want to kind of tap into your knowledge. Why do you think some people, particularly women, find it very tough to start and maintain their own business? Yeah, that's a great question. And um, I would say what my experience has been, and it's always hard to paint this widespread, this generalization, but this has been my experience, <laughs> is that Women in general, we, we get this messaging around martyrdom, you know, around sacrifice and putting yourself first is selfish. And I think, so there's part of this messaging. And then, you know, if you get past that and you're like, okay, I can still do this. I'm going to do this. Then we try to do it all. It's like we don't give up everything. We keep all of our family, community uh, responsibilities and all of our new business that we're trying to build and we're doing it all ourselves and so then we end up getting burnt out you know that coupled together I see that happen a lot and then the other thing that I would say gets thrown in there is aversion to financial risk I oh think, interesting mm -hmm. um, limiting beliefs around money and just not feeling comfortable in that sphere I see that come into play as well and that's particularly for women. Um, it's kind of like the opposite with our society really makes like this idea that men should be the breadwinners. I mean, that's flipping slightly as we progress in society, but it's, it's definitely ingrained. Um, as a woman, I completely understand what you're getting at, why it would be so tough to start my own business and the, the financial risks involved with that. So when did you have your own personal breakthrough uh, that kind of led you into this work? Well, it was totally by accident. I have to tell you that. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't set out with entrepreneurial dreams, but I was, um, my career was in human resources. And as I started to delve into personal development, I got interested in, in that realm, but I went through a really difficult time professionally that was really dark, and I am positive by nature, but it was a really dark time for me. It was just sucking the life out of me. And That was in human resources, you mean? <laughs> yeah, just yeah. that whole professional, some of the um, extra things that I'd taken on in volunteer and leadership roles, and it was a culmination of a number of things. Mm -hmm. And certainly the nature of the work, there's this confidentiality, right? That you have to keep. And so who do you go to when you're really burdened with some things that, that are difficult? Sure. And uh, so where I started was like, okay, there have to be other people like me. I'm going to start this positivity movement. I'm going to start this online community. And that's where it started in 2010, really with no intention of starting a business. But over time, that grew into a global movement, and I started a charitable organization. And the first time 
I was offered four figures to give a talk like mm-hmm. that I would have given for free. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, okay, this bell went off to say, maybe there's something here. Maybe there's something that I'm missing. And that's when I started to look at how, how could I switch this into a business? And, and it grew from there. So that's, been an that's really fantastic. And I love um, that the word positivity is in your, uh, you know, your whole thing. Yeah. There was a period in time where my online persona was positivity lady. And as you can imagine, that's kind of a heavy title. <laughs> yeah. Wear. Um, because everybody has rough days and rough times, but the perception around what positivity is. So I debunk some of those myths. It's not all sunshine and rainbows and fairy dust, but it's also not making things worse than they are and finding possibility that exists. So when I created the business, I knew that I wanted to pay uh, kind of like homage to the fact of how everything started with Positivity Nation was the name of the community. Mm. So I included that in the title. Yeah, that's really cool. I, I, and you, you hit a really important point that um, a lot of people assume having a positive attitude means walking around kind of uh, just smiling all the time and being blissfully unaware of surroundings and just, you know, but, but what you're saying is, is making those um, obstacles turn into opportunities is kind of the, the crux of it all. Yeah, exactly. Find the seed of possibility mm-hmm. in the mess right? Because yeah, life is messy. There's tough stuff that goes on in everyone's life. Nobody's immune to that. But it's the, it's the mindset and the attitude that we bring towards those issues that, that help us either emerge or get pulled down and get pulled under by it all. Yeah, yeah. Great insight. Um, so I want to talk more about kind of the struggles you've faced. Um, on your site, you talk about having to overcome limitations, distractions, unexpected detours, and how this served as a teacher to you. And you touched briefly on that um, in, in the last question, but can you tell me a bit more about that and how this led to your work today? Definitely. So like I mentioned, I hadn't intended to start a business. I you know, one of the limitations, I guess, is that I didn't know anybody that had their own business. Mm. Um, nobody in my circle, certainly no one in my family. Um, so that was, was tough. I wasn't tech savvy. Uh, in, a, in my positive spin, I would call myself tech challenge. But the truth was, I, I really didn't know anything other than the programs that I had to use in the workplace, I knew. But beyond that, for a business myself, I didn't know anything. And then add to that, Location. I live in a very rural town in small town, Maine. 525 people live here. Oh, wow. <laughs> right. So, and it's also the most, um, it's a, a gorgeous place to live. I love the pace of life here and the people are super friendly and helpful. Community is awesome, but it's also the most economically impoverished county in our state. Mm. So those are some real, real life limitations <laughs> that if you're going in business, how do you work around those? Yeah, and you've mentioned kind of an educational limitation as well as a financial limitation, and I, I'm sure many of our listeners can relate to those. Exactly. So it's all of these things, but then it's how do, how do you figure this out? Like there has to be a way to figure this out. And when I started my online community in 2010, I still had dial-up internet, I, I don't know if any of the listeners will remember that time, but, but you couldn't even watch a video, right? Because there was right. so much buffering. 
Right. Yeah. It's, it's a hard time period to forget. (laughs) Holy heck. It was nuts. But, but on the flip side, it was also a time, even though I didn't know anything about Facebook, it was also a time when every post, if you had someone in your community, someone liked your page, every person saw your post. Right. So, you know, there's pros and cons to everything, but, but that was some of the stuff that I was dealing with, with limitations that I found ways to work around. And then, and then that leads to distractions of being uh, going back to Facebook. And I love Facebook. This is not a put down at all. But what happens on Facebook with distractions, once you've identified any kind of interests that mark you as having an interest or entrepreneurial spirit, you start getting served up massive ads mm. from, you know, from tools to launch strategy to like everything you can imagine. And so not knowing what I didn't know, everything was so flashy and, and I'm like a sponge. I want to learn all the time. I'm a voracious learner. So, (laughs) and it can also be a liability. And that's what it was for me for a while because I was just like totally on the freebie train because I had these limiting beliefs around money. Mm -hmm. Um, And so when you go down that, yes, there's some great information, but you get a lot of really crappy stuff too. And you're investing a lot of time and sorting through all of this. But what was happening, my knowledge base was growing, but I wasn't implementing Mm. what I was learning. Interesting. So that was, that's where that became a distraction. Mm -hmm. And then, um, you know, an example, probably the biggest example I can think of is detours is as my business did start to build, I had this dream of having, of hosting a weekend retreat at a luxury hotel and having a hundred women in this gorgeous ballroom. I had it planned down to the very minute detail. I'm, I love to plan events and what happened through that, the short story is I ended up canceling the event, but I lost a ton of money in deposits. I had guest speakers that I had to let know that I couldn't uh, bring together an audience Hmm. to support the event. So that was a really rough time and a big turning point actually in my business because I remember just, I was devastated that day, devastated because I didn't have the money to lose, number one. And I had said to my husband, just sobbing, is like, if I can't do this, how can I have a business? Like yeah. everything in my mind at that time was, was like, if I failed at this, there's no way that I can run a business. Sure. And somehow you got past that. Exactly. Well, and, and what happened? So I probably had three good solid days of in funk, like mm-hmm. totally depressed in a funk couldn't see my way out. And then it was just like something came over me where it's like, shake it off because I couldn't imagine my life without this business because I love the work that I do so much that I couldn't imagine a life without it. And so that wasn't an option. So I had to figure it out. Right. And it's, it's getting back out there, dust yourself off and what did you learn from it? And I did a really massive inventory <laughs> of, of learning and what were the lessons that I took away from that to apply to myself, but also all of those tough situations give me so much to draw upon to, to support my clients as well. Yeah. So. I, I love that attitude. It's, and it, it's so true. I mean, 
any type of obstacle you go through has a lesson behind it. And therefore that's knowledge to spread and share with others. And that's exactly what you're doing. That's, that's really wonderful. So who do you look to for inspiration? Was there any specific person or a group of people in your mind at that time, you know, when you were getting out of your funk that kind of helped propel you? Yeah. At that specific time, I can say it was really, um, Jack Canfield's book, The Success Principles, uh-huh. that was, um, it had, I had been introduced to it before that, and I liked it, and I read it, and, and I was practicing some of that, but it was something that I could go back to, and it's something that I continue to go back to, that I always find answers um, when I'm challenged about, you know, about mindset, about, mm-hmm. you know, just some, some things are just inspirational stories of like, how long did it take Jack Canfield to, who was the co-creator of the Chicken Soup Empire, for those that don't know, Chicken Soup with a Soul Empire, um, you know, how long did it take him to get those books picked up? It's a billion dollar empire, but it was like 144 publishers mm. that they shopped that book to before it got picked up, the first one. So there's a lot in that book that helped, helped me just to reframe. Yeah. And, and that's a tool that I think for everyone to have in their, in their toolbox around the importance of being able to reframe a situation. Yeah. And again, you bring up another great point about um, there's a lot of people that look out there in the world and they see someone that they deem successful and I think automatically assume, oh, they must have gotten it right on the first or maybe second try. But (laughs) the reality of it is, I mean, failure is, uh, it's a cornerstone of success, right? It is part of success that like if you, and, and I talk about this a lot. It's about embracing failure. It's going to come. And it's just a matter of how you choose to deal with that. And if you're not open to that possibility, then, then really the entrepreneurial life is not for you. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. a harsh reality. Like if you're not open to, because if you're not failing, you're not trying anything new. You're not stretching your boundaries. Right. And, and it's hard to grow when you're not doing those things. Yeah, um, I would even say probably impossible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would agree, actually. I would agree. <laughs> so, uh, so your book, Small Steps, Big Impact, A Year of Simple Actions to Transform Your Life, is described as one part guide plus one part journal plus one part inspiration. How'd this book come about from start to finish? Oh, Lord. Well, that's a long story, so I'm going to abbreviate it the best sure. that I can. Um, when I started um, my community, Positivity Nation, the year after I started that, I actually shopped this idea to a local newspaper of having a weekly article in the paper oh, cool. that would be some type of small step that people could do to create more positivity in their life and the world around them. Mm. So that got picked up and it was really great content and I got so much feedback on it from people and the stories that they would share of how they applied it, like the results far exceeded anything I could have imagined. So I had an idea or a thought that I wanted to turn that into a book, but at the time, this was around 2011, again, I didn't, like I didn't know anybody that had published a book. I had beliefs around how the only way you could have published a book 
you know, you could, you had to have an agent and it had to go to a publishing house and it was going to cost thousands and thousands of dollars and all these things that I didn't have access to. I played around with creating an ebook, but I, I really didn't have the skills to do that even at that time. So I set it aside. I got busy with my, with my work and immersed in that. And I just set that aside and it sat on an old laptop until last September. Oh, wow. So about seven years it sat on this laptop. And it's a wonder I could even get back into the laptop. Somehow I remembered the password. <laughs> um, and I had <laughs> right, and I hadn't sent it out for recycle. I had it in, in my office. Uh, but a mentor of mine challenged me in September to write a book in 30 days. And I'm like, are you out of your mind? <laughs> I didn't say those exact words to her, but that's sure. what I was thinking. Um, I had been working on a different book and I knew there was no way that I could create it and wrap things up in 30 days. But what happened after that conversation was the light bulb went off of you've, you've got some pretty good bones, I think, that you could turn this into the book that you set aside. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> I went to town, I, I found it. And um, so that was September. I, I my my network has expanded exponentially since then. Certainly the publishing world has changed tremendously since 2011. Yeah. Um, so from the time I found it on my laptop, I knew an uh, editor and a book designer actually in my small area. Oh, neat. That are world-class doing, they do international work as well. Um, I created my own publishing imprint. And I released the book in November. So in two months, going from having something stuck on an old laptop to something that's out into the world and has been purchased internationally, like in New Zealand, in UK, and Korea, like from small town Maine. And it just, it continues, like that is the heart of where everything comes for me is just this humble... Um, feeling of where I've come from, where I live, and that if I can reach people around the world, that there's, it's, I hope it serves as hope and a light to other people to say, yes, if she can do it from there, I can do it from where I'm at. Yeah. It's, it's like you're, you're actually walking the walk, the, the small steps, big impact. It's, it's like you, <laughs> you kind of started small-ish. I mean, those are still pretty um, ambitious goals to even get into the newspaper, but then I love how you transformed that. And I'm sure that you had um, a pretty uh, good outline of how you were going to accomplish this once the light bulb clicked in your head, like, ah, oh, I have all these backbones. I have this information. Now, how do I make this into a book? Yeah. And the and, and the really essential thing of how that came together, you know, even from the mentor who challenged me is, um, I can't stress enough the importance of the network, the people that you surround yourself with, mm -hmm. right? And I am naturally very introverted. That's evolved a little bit today. I consider myself more of an ambivert, mm -hmm. but um, I was hardcore <laughs> introvert in the beginning. And so it took, you know, I had to challenge myself to step outside to uh, not be the smartest person in the room to do these things where I had a lot of fear. My background, I was a teenage mother. Okay. I 
you know, I became pregnant when I was 17. I grew up in poverty. I had bill collectors hounding me. I'd been evicted from apartments. So I had some pretty, a lot of baggage. Yeah. A lot of baggage. And so to get to the place, I had worked really hard to create this persona of like, that I was well respected. I worked harder than anybody in <laughs> my jobs. I worked so hard and I was recognized for that. That's but I also, for a long time, wouldn't put myself, like I didn't want to be any place where someone would ask me where I went to college because mm-hmm. I didn't know. I did. Yeah. Right. So it's kind of, it's all of that. There's so much of this. So definitely my journey has been one of small steps um, and the impact continues to grow. That's incredible. I love um, how you use the word baggage because you certainly didn't let it weigh you down (laughs) whatsoever in achieving your goals. Um, I'm pretty impressed just how you're talking about your evolution from, you know, when, where you started to where you are today. Um, so tips on how women can achieve their business goals. And could you share a few of those with our listeners? I can give a few tips. I was thinking about this ahead of time, like what the most impactful tips that I could give. And I think the, the first one is to right out of the gate to align your personal and business goals. I think what happens a lot is, you know, we create these big business goals, which are awesome. Mm-hmm. And someone can help get behind you and, and nail those goals. But then you reach that goal and you're miserable. And right. it's because you didn't align it with the things that you value in your life. Yeah. It's kind of like a, you're segregating the two. There's work and there's exactly. life. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And um, my, I have an Alexa flash briefing and the name of it is Biz Life Mashup because that's what it is. It's like, combining the two. Mm -hmm. If you try to keep them separate, it's just a recipe for disaster. Interesting. So that would be, um, you say to kind of try to integrate into more of a work-life harmony than um, even, even a balance. Yeah. You nailed it because harmony is the word that I totally use. Balance drives me nuts because (laughs) like it does not exist. It is marketed to us hard, but it does not exist. I, maybe in moments, right? There might be a moment where there's balance, but that's perfection and perfection. Let's face it. That just is, it's a myth. Yeah. And even the idea of it is kind of boring to me. (laughs) Yeah. But harmony is where it's at. So aligning your goals to know that, right? So if I had this goal that I was going to make uh, home cook prepared meals five nights a week. That was a goal that I had for my health and my relationship goals. But I had a business goal of being on the road and giving talks four nights a week. Probably those two are going to conflict. I, I'm going to have to sacrifice one or the other. Yeah. Right. So why not look at that whole thing at the beginning when you're looking at your goals, looking at 12 months, like what do you want to achieve this year? Looking at them simultaneously mm-hmm. and make adjustments at that point rather than feeling like you're always failing, right? But there's failure that's helpful. And then there's failure, like you're setting yourself up to fail yeah. unnecessarily. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, very good tip there. Uh, um, anything else? Yes. Yeah, so two other quick ones, I would say be willing to be a beginner. Uh, especially oh, I a love lot of, that. Yeah, that's great. 
a lot of the women that I work with, especially, have already had career success and they're moving into this business world. And it's really tough sometimes. Our identity gets tied up in our accomplishments. And so it's hard to go from a place of feeling like you are, have achieved a lot to being a beginner again. And when you can let go of that and just be willing, everyone has been a beginner. And you talked about it earlier. You know, we think about this overnight success, but really behind the scenes, if you get that backstory, it's been 10 years in the making. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so not being afraid to be a beginner, be willing to like embrace it, love it. You ask different questions when you're a beginner, you're going to get places faster. Um, so do that. And lastly, I would say is find a coach or a guide or a mentor, somebody that's just a few steps ahead of you. Mm -hmm. And the reason that I say that is from my own personal experience, I talked about the Facebook ads and there are lots of big gurus out there doing awesome things and they have amazing training, but they're so far ahead of where you are right now. It can be paralyzing. Like, right. just tell me what I need to know right now based on where I'm at. What is the next step that I need to take? That makes right? sense. So aligning yourself with someone like that and, um, it doesn't, it, it may be someone that you're paying to work with you, but it doesn't have to be. But I would say, regardless of paid or unpaid, is to interview the person to make sure that you align with them. Do you have the same kind of values? Is it someone that, um, if you're someone, for instance, if you were interviewing me, I'm a very down to earth person. If you like somebody that uses big words and is very academic and buttoned up in their approach, I'm not going to be the right person to work with. Right. Like know that early. So invest time in interviewing, but then definitely invest whether it's time, money, or both in, in finding that person, coach, guide, or mentor that's just a few steps ahead of you to take you by the hand and help you. That's really solid advice. Um, I, I really like that. Um, so we're so fortunate to have you sharing your story with all of our listeners today. I think so many people will be able to really resonate with what, what you've talked about. One last thing, how can our listeners find out more about your book? Yeah, so I've actually, there's information about my book, but I've also put together a special page that is like my top, my five most popular, um, resources that I have awesome. that, that are free. So if you go to lynettepottle.com, com backslash life hack you'll be able to access all that information there that's fantastic thank you so much for doing that um what a great gift to all of our listeners today um and so all of our listeners out there be sure to check out lynette's site as she said it's www.lanettepottle.com and for the bonus info it's backslash life hack um thank you again lynette it was great speaking with you today I'm so happy to have the opportunity. Thank you. Wonderful. Okay, that wraps up today's show. Thank you all for joining and please stay tuned for the next episode.